0: Welcome to the Catholic Duluth Show. The Catholic Duluth Show is a parish community podcast serving the parishes of St. Lawrence and Holy Family here in Duluth, Minnesota. I hope you're having a great week. My name is Daniel Rota. I will be your host. Uh, with me, like always, I have Father Ryan Moravitz. How are you doing, Father Ryan? I'm good, Daniel. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm, great. I'm exhausted. I was at a, at, hey, at a wedding this weekend. You had a
1: wedding this weekend, yeah. Usually those weekends leave us exhausted.
0: Um, but yeah, it was great. Friend or family? uh friend. Okay. So it was one of those kind of rare weddings where I'm very good friends with both the bride and the groom.
1: Those are the best ones. Um,
0: so I was joking around that if I wasn't a groomsman, I would have been a bridesman. <laughs> um, we were sort kind of kinda laughing with about that, but uh yeah, it was great. I got to see a lot of friends from friends from past. Um, so yeah, it was great. I'm exhausted, but
1: that's super good. I got I went out deer hunting on Thursday night and Friday up by Ely. And went with my brother and then these two guys that we were in high school with. And Tony was one of my best friends when we were, especially when we were 7th, 8th, ninth grade. Um, and I haven't seen him basically since high school. Like, I kind of ran into him at our yeah. tenure. Um, so it's been over 20 years. So it was great to, like, spend a couple days with him. And, like, we were laughing about the past. And we had a good time. And I got my 8-point buck. And so I'm tired, too, from dragging deer out of the woods yeah. and cutting up meat. So.
0: Good
1: weekend. <laughs> Good weekend, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, great. Well, do you want to open us in a prayer? Yeah.
1: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we glorify you, and we praise you in all things. Lord Jesus, you who come to us to reveal to us the, the fullness of who you are as God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and who reveal to us your loving plan to save us from our sin and to lead us to eternal life. We pray for your anointing and blessing upon our community. Lord, bless our families and bless individuals, bless bless us as a whole, Lord. Lord, bless all those that will be listening to this, and may they come to a, a deeper realization of your love and your goodness, especially in the Mass. Lord, we pray for those in our community that are, that are hurting, that are suffering in any way, in heart, mind, or body, in relationship, in family, in friendship, with their faith. Lord, pour forth an abundance of grace upon them. Lord, we thank you um, for your your grace and your truth. Lord, may we always walk in it. We glorify you in all things. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Father. You're welcome. Well, this week we have uh, kind of a fun episode. Um, We kind of teased it at the end of last week. Um, But we are going to talk about the uh, the silent prayers that uh, you and all, all the other priests pray during mass, uh, the secret prayers.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right. The secret <laughs> prayers. We're going to be talking about the secret
0: prayers
1: of the cult. No. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about the quiet prayers that the priest uh, prays um, um, from the missal. That you oftentimes you might notice that I'm praying them. Um, a lot of them come while you're doing something else, so maybe you don't notice. And they're just said quietly by the priest, and so yeah, we're gonna talk about. We're gonna take a look at some of those. Yeah,
0: yeah. And uh, every once in a while, when I, I'll you know traveling or uh, there are some priests who say them kind of louder, and I think like that's when I notice them. Usually, you don't notice them when they are silent or like you know, or when he when they're just uh, you can see like his mouth moving or something like that. But when when they do say them out loud, I was like, oh, I don't know, he said that. Yeah. (laughs)
1: And so, you know, I've had one of the reasons we're doing this because we've had a lot. I've had people come up and say, you know, yeah. Father, I'm really like, what are you praying there, like? And I've heard them um, like other places where the priest prays those out loud. Mm-hmm. You know, why don't you pray those out loud? And so we're going to talk about some of that, those dynamics, and then also look at some of what those prayers are, and kind of what's at the core of them. So.
0: Let's talk about uh, what's going on this week. So
1: there's some different things going on this week. This is another thing that you know we want to talk about before we get into sort of the conversation about the Roman Missal and stuff and what, what what the topic is, like we just said. Uh, you know, this past week, we had, we've had two weekends of bingo at Holy Family in St. Lawrence, and just really a lot of fun, and just want to say thank you to everybody who came out and had fun with that. I call bingo, and I call bingo, I, I kind of goof around and have a lot of fun with it, and a lot of people really love it, and then your serious bingo people, you know, they kind of have a reaction to it, so... Uh, we had, a, we had a two good Sundays. Um, a big thank you to everybody that participated in those. It was really, really great. And then Saturday night, um, this past Saturday, and then this upcoming Saturday, we've had appreciation dinners for all those who are helping with liturgical ministries and those that are interested in helping um, with liturgical ministries. And from readers to extraordinary ministers of Holy Communion to greeters and ushers um, and altar servers. So we had a great event here um, at St. Lawrence on saturday night um a lot of people showed up we've got a number of new people on board um so we had a great dinner we watched a really short clip and had some kind of group discussion at our tables and then um the sisters led us through just a refresher and a little bit of fine tuning of some things in liturgy which is so important from time to time and to do that regularly i'm um, just so everybody's kind of on the same page um consistency helps us in prayer you know so that's an important thing to try to get a hold of um so we have that coming up at Holy Family at 5.30 this coming Saturday. Um, same deal. And so you, people from either parish can RSVP for that and come to it. Uh, the sisters need the RSVP so they don't much food to, to prepare. Um, so that, that's been really good. Um, next Saturday, we have the opportunity um, to, Dan, you and I are going to be leading a, a just a mini Advent uh, retreat um, on November 30th from 8.30 a.m., to 11.30 a.m., right? Yep. Yep, so Saturday morning, November 30th, 8.30 to 11.30, you know, we're going to give a couple of just simple talks, um, probably some opportunity for some conversation and an opportunity for prayer. We want to give you a couple of practical things maybe to do during Advent, particularly in the realm of prayer. And so we're going to lead you into that too, so you can maybe go into Advent with a little bit more of a plan or some intentionality, especially as a community, to be able to do that. So again, that's Saturday, November 30th from 8.30 to 11.30. You don't need to sign up or anything. You just show up. I'm here at St. Lawrence, and it's just going to be a quick three-hour retreat to kind of tee up and kick off uh, the Advent season that will start that evening. So I'm really looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it should be a fun time. Uh, It's on uh, the the Feast of St. Andrew, November 30th. So we're going to, you know, a a little teaser for it. We're going to look into kind of his life. Um, the the little bit that's in the Bible about him we're, we're gonna look at look at that and kind of see how what, what he can teach us about uh, kind of preparing for for Advent so it should be a fun time
1: yeah, it will be really great I'm I'm really looking forward to it so and hey folks one other thing remember there's a UCA collection this weekend second collection in both parishes for the United Catholic Appeal um you know it's this time of year where we have got to come to the end of the goal and to meet it um it's it is really important you know a lot of times people are like well what do I get out of it well it, You know, if you've ever had a kid go to a camp or a retreat put on by the diocese or you've ever experienced the Newman Center and the Newman Center Mass, the Newman Center retreats, the things that the Newman Center is doing for young people, that's funded and provided by UCA. So the people that put that together and the resources that go into that, that's a lot of UCA money. If you read the Northern Cross or you have a loved one or you yourself watch the Mass on TV that's United Catholic Appeal. That's impactful. If you ever end up in the hospital and you need the chaplain, particularly here in Duluth, um, to see you and you you experience the chaplain coming to see you, um, that is United Catholic Appeal being able to provide that priest um, who's kind of on full time at the hospital to be there for you. Or we have a police chaplain, for instance. You know, United Catholic Appeal, that's part of that. There's loads of different things. Bishop going to confirmations and doing confirmations. Like, it, it it's not like it costs money to put put gas in his car and to make you know the trips back and forth and do different things like that. Um, so there's uh, you know the list goes on and on and on. If you go on the diocesan website, the number of offices at the diocese is huge, and they they impact us as Catholics and as parishes in various ways. We're constantly using the resources, of the human, the human. Um, Resource director at the diocese to help us with employment stuff and different dynamics and situations to make sure we're doing everything well and, and with good stewardship to the communications office to the finance office to make sure we're being good stewards of our finances and how we're reporting and accounting, taking care of our stuff. Like, there's just so many things that UCA goes towards. So, it's just an important thing to to support. And so, there's my UCA plug here on the show. Um, thank you for supporting it and giving to it. We'll have a second collection this coming weekend and then the last weekend in December, but you can give any time to it. You can also go to our website and find a way you can give to UCA on the website. You can sign up for electronic giving for it or do a one-time gift, so, yeah.
0: Great. Thank you, Father.
1: Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for giving to UCA. <laughs> it's super important. It's helpful if we meet it. It just takes burden off of me. <laughs> If we don't meet it, it ends up being my fault. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> looks at me like, oh, it's Father's fault we didn't meet it. <laughs> okay, it's my fault. I'll take that. But, yeah. Okay. <laughs> this isn't about UCA. I'm right. turning it into an episode about UCA. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, then we'll Let, get into l- this. Let's episode. jump into <laughs> our topic, right? Let's, yeah. And so, so yeah, we're going to talk about the, the quiet prayers uh, said during Mass by the priest. Um, and so, yeah coming back to you, uh, just j- just kind of opening it up about that. Um, in front of you, Father, you have uh, the Roman Missal. Yeah. So I guess you want to just talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so the Roman Missal is the big red book that the server brings up to me and that gets put on the altar. It's called the Roman Missal. A lot of you may have grown up or remember it calling the sacramentary. Um, we've gone back to universally calling it the Roman Missal again. Um, so throughout even the English-speaking world, all over the world. We all have it labeled as the Roman Missal now. Essentially, it has all the prayers for the entire liturgical year for the Mass and um, for any Masses that would be said throughout the year. And so it's really the Church's prayer book, and surrounding the Mass in particular. Um, and it gives instruction on what to do and sometimes what not to do. Uh, it, it gives you know, one of the things I always say is, you know, say what's in black, do what's in red. So if you ever get a chance to look at it or you want to look at it, you're more than welcome. You um, you, you can look through it and see that there's lots of different sections, but you'll see black and red lettering. And it, it tells the priest um, what to do and what to say. And so um, there's there's various instructions. Um, let me give you one example. This is from when I'm preparing the altar, right? So it um it says, for instance, then he places the patent with the bread on the corporal. If, however, the offertory chant is not sung, the priest may speak these words aloud. At the end, the people may acclaim, blessed be God forever. So that's like, as I go and I hold up the chat or the patent, blessed are you, Lord, God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you, etc. So it just tells me what to do. Then it says, the deacon or the priest pours wine and a little water into the chalice, saying, quietly, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. So it gives us what to say and what to do. Um for the mass,
0: yeah. yeah, and uh, yeah, I was just looking over it today. And yeah, if anyone even wants to just you know browse through it, you can find a copy of it just online for free. You know? Yep. <laughs> so I wasn't a printed off, but it was like seventy five pages. So I was like, Oh ah. Yeah, it
1: there's there's a lot to it, folks. <laughs> there's a lot to it. Um that's why there's five ribbons.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and one of the things, you know, when I was just looking over it today is it, it, it kinda prompts you when tells you kind of what to do and how to and how to do it and even at kind of what volume to do it at. Yep. Like there are some where it says and the priest says quietly, or the priest says aloud. Um, That's exactly right. And so, uh, yeah, why why do we have—why are there some prayers that you say aloud, and why are there some that you say quietly? Well, like, what's the point of that?
1: Well, and so uh, I would say this, is that there's a dynamic of, like, the Mass. We all have our different roles in the Mass, right? And the Mass is a dialogue. It's a horizontal dialogue between the priest and the people, as the priest stands for the people, before be, between the people and God, if you will, Right. And so it's a, it's a horizontal conversation between us, but it's also vertical. It's a conversation um, to God as well, from the people as well as from the priest, and then sometimes all of us together. And so that's part of a, a dynamic. And also, the, there's prayers, and the quiet prayers typically are surrounding the holiness and the well-being of the priest. So he's praying for himself oftentimes in these quietly said prayers. And so he's not going to say those out loud, they're private they're, he's praying for himself usually. and so that doesn't and just like you should be praying for yourself quietly in the pew when we're when we're praying for ourselves in the midst of this universal prayer for all of us you know we pray those quietly mm-hmm. um, And yeah there are you know sometimes I was gonna I want to mention this too because we're as we're on the topic of like all these different elements of prayer. sometimes it says the priest prays and then sometimes it'll say the people respond. And then it'll say, other times it'll say, together, they say, or they respond. And so sometimes, you know, you may wonder, like, well, why isn't Father saying that? Because the rest of us are, right? So I'll give you one example, and that's at um, the time of the Our Father. So after the Our Father, I say, deliver us, Lord, we pray from every evil, graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress. As we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ, He joins his hands, it says. And then it says, the people conclude the prayer, acclaiming, for the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. That's not my line. That's your guys' line. That's the line of those in the pews. That's the line of those other than the celebrant, right? And so you'll see me at Mass, right? I just put my hands together because it says he joins his hands. And I put my head down just as an acknowledgement, like, hey, you guys finish this prayer off. And then I've got my part later on, right? And then there's times where we, where we pray together, right? And there's times where you guys are just praying. There's one moment in the Mass that I love where you guys are praying for me, right? Um, when I say, pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. And I, I love this part as a priest because this is your personal prayer for me. This is where it's cool because we're praying in all different ways during the Mass. It says, the people rise and reply. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands, for the praise and glory of His name, for our good and the good of, of all His church. So you're praying for me, and you're also, you're also giving me permission to pray for you, to pray as, as your representative, in the person of Jesus Christ. And so it's there's all these different elements of you know sometimes we we're all saying it, sometimes just the priestess, sometimes just you guys are, um, yeah. So there's so many beautiful things about how that. Dialogue works, and it's a, it's like it's a drama. So there's all these different elements and things going on. So does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think I think it's cool. Uh, like the more when you kind of look at that, you're just like, oh yeah, like growing up and just um, when you just learn it from action, you know, c- kind of like when you do if you do like learn English from just hearing it. Yeah, you don't really think about all of the like intricacies and all and the, the meaning, little, yeah, and the, the meaning behind it,
1: like. Yeah, the importance of it, too, because it's yeah. just like, well, this is just what we do, you know? Mm-hmm. No, it's super important. Like, if we just stop and reflect or consider some things, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, well, uh, should we talk about some of those prayers? Yeah, do you so, get them?
1: so let's jump into some of these. There's, there's not a lot of them, um, but the first one I'll, I'm going to draw us to is, you know when the, the deacon comes over um, and bows before the priest before he goes over to proclaim the gospel? Um, there's an exchange there, or if there's not a deacon, as the priest goes over, he's to bow to the altar and say a prayer. And so uh, when the deacon comes over, he comes in front of uh, the priest, and he says, "'Your blessing, Father.'" And it says, the priest says in a low voice, "'May the Lord be in your heart and on your lips, that you may proclaim his gospel worthily and well, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.'" So it's a prayer specifically for the deacon in that moment. So it's said in a low voice because it's not meant to to be to be projected to the whole community. It's 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 a much more personal prayer for that individual, that deacon, right? And so the mass is such a communal prayer that these prayers are prayed softly or in a low voice or quietly. Okay. So listen again, may the Lord be on your heart and on your lips, that you may proclaim his gospel worthily and well. It's a great prayer. We're praying that the deacon can go over and proclaim the gospel well. When the priest goes over, um, and if there's not a, a deacon, the priest goes to um, to the ambo. So it says, if, ho- if however a deacon is not present, the priest bowing before the altar. So you'll see me go in front by the altar, right? And I bow before the altar. So I, I, I say I say what's in red, and I speak what's in black. Um, says quietly, following before the altar, says quietly, cleanse my heart and my lips, almighty God, that I may worthily proclaim your holy gospel. Almost all of these prayers, and you're going to see this even more, is the priest praying for his own sanctification, for his own deliverance from sin, that he might be a, worthily uh, a minister of these great mysteries. The first is in proclaiming that word, right? So, Cleanse my heart and my lips, Almighty God. So, I'm praying for myself. Lord, cleanse me in your mercy, right? Both my heart and my lips. Both. That I may worthily proclaim your holy gospel. That, that I can proclaim this so that your people can hear it and receive it. So, that's that's the first, really, the first quiet prayer in the Mass. Okay? We go on to the Next. Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? I switched the ribbons here a little bit, so I'm not. <laughs> I know this book so well, too. Oh, I went too far. There it is. One page off. So the next part is, like, when, we, when we're preparing the altar, um, uh, there's a, there's actually a few different prayers. So one is when you see the um, The deacon or the priest I'm um, pouring the water and the or the wine and the water in the chalice. So the wine goes mm-hmm. in first and then there's just to be a drop of water added. So it says the deacon or the priest pours wine and a little water into the chalice, saying quietly, By the mystery of this water and wine, may we come to share in the divinity of Christ, who humbled himself to share in our humanity. Which in itself is a beautiful prayer for me. Mm-hmm. Cuz it's really like Christ became one of us so that we could become him. You know, Christ became man so man could become divine, is what we say. It's an ancient theological saying. Um, by the mystery of this water and wine, may we come to share in the divinity of Christ, represented by the water, who humbled himself to share in our humanity, represented in the wine, right? Um, that blood <laughs> aspect to yeah. this. Um, so that that's a quiet prayer there that either the deacon or the priest prays over that. Um And then he offers the chalice, right? Blessed are you, Lord, God of all creation, etc. Then you see me bow. So then it says, after this, the priest, bowing profoundly, says quietly. So you'll see me bow, right, before the altar, after I've kind of done this presentation of the gifts that the people have brought forward. And this is the prayer that's prayed. With humble spirit and contrite heart, may we be accepted by you, O Lord, and may our sacrifice in your sight this day be pleasing to you lord god so it's a prayer that we would just have humble spirit contrite heart um, so that what we're about to do may be acceptable to God um, so those two prayers in particular are the quiet prayers that are they are focused on sort the community as a whole in many ways and just that we're as we as we gather into this together that this would be acceptable to the lord okay um and then what do I do do you know what I do next Daniel
0: uh, wash your hands? I wash my hands. Good. And that's the one that I think I hear most. Often like, said. Yeah, out of all the quiet ones, that's the one while he's washing his hands is the one that I, I hear the most.
1: Yeah, so a lot of priests will say this kind of, I think, not quietly, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so it says, then the priest standing at the side of the altar, sometimes it tells you whether to stand side or the middle or what to do. It's kind of, it's great. It's <laughs> usually, it's pretty thorough instruction, actually.
0: Little room for air. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, and it doesn't make like you, you know not quite off far enough to the side. It's it's still a valid yeah. mass, folks, yeah. right? Like yeah. we don't get uh, obsessive with it, right? So then the priest standing at the side of the altar washes his hands, saying quietly, "Wash me, O Lord, from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin." So again, it's a, a prayer. For, the priest is praying for himself to be cleansed. Um, Just like to have his lips and his heart cleansed to proclaim the gospel, right? He's now saying, Wash me from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. That I can now enter into this celebration of the most holy Eucharist um, worthily by the grace of God. So it's an act of of, um, penance, if you will, sort of an act of contrition, right? So that the priest would be cleansed of any, particularly any venial sin that's on his soul um, at that moment. Um, if a priest has mortal sin, he needs to go to confession before he celebrate, celebrates mass. And so, um, this isn't this isn't like a, I, I wash myself completely or anything mm-hmm. like that. But it's an act of penance, um, asking the Lord to to just cleanse cleanse me completely from sin, so that I can I can enter into this and, and do what the, I'm meant to do. So, okay, mm-hmm. any questions on that or anything? I don't no? think so. Okay, good. Let's jump to um. Then we, we jump actually all the way to what we call the communion, right? That's where I'm gonna jump because that's where our next prayers are. And we'll we'll just look at these. These are really super beautiful. I love these prayers. So um, we get all the way to let us offer each other as a sign of peace, right? And then it says, Then he takes the host, breaks it over the paten. the patent is a little bowl that all the hosts are in, and places a small piece in the chalice. And so I take a small piece of the host, saying quietly, may this mingling of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ bring eternal life to us who receive it. So again, it's it's an action um, within the liturgy of of saying, okay, we know that this in this sacrament that we receive, it's the fullness of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, that it's meant to bring us to eternal life. And so we acknowledge the, the beauty and the goodness in that. Um, so that's the prayer there. May this mingling of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ bring eternal life to us who receive it. Um, and then we, we're we singing the Lamb of God at that point as well. So we're singing the Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Okay, this is... These are all so great. but This is probably <laughs> the most powerful prayer that the priest prays, I think. After the Lamb of God, you all you all kneel, right? Yep. And then it says, Then the priest with hands joins joined says quietly, This is before I genuflect. So usually I'll start this after we say Lamb of God, um, you take away the sins of the Lord, grant us peace. And there's two options, okay? So the first option is the long option, and the second option is shorter. <laughs> if you don't see me looking at the book, I'm usually doing the short run, because the short <laughs> one's memorized. The short one first is May the receiving of your body and blood, Lord Jesus Christ, not bring me to judgment and condemnation, but through your loving mercy, be for me protection in mind and body and a healing remedy. Mm. I like that. So it's my pre-communion prayer. It's the priest pre-communion yep. prayer. That in the receiving of the body and blood of Jesus, it wouldn't bring me judgment and condemnation. You know, Paul talks about if we if we if we approach it. In an unworthy way, yeah. um, that by the body and blood we we actually bring condemnation on ourselves. So it's saying like, Lord, let it not bring me judgment and condemnation. But through your loving mercy, be for me protection in mind and body and a healing remedy. That it, Lord, in your in your body and blood, may I be protected and healed. <laughs> so it's a prayer for it's a prayer for myself, <laughs> as I receive this great gift. The longer version is really strong, too. Um, So if you see me looking at the book, I'm usually doing the longer one. It usually takes me a little bit. It takes longer, so um, usually everybody's kneeling and I'm still praying. But this is what it says. This is the prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, who by the will of the Father and the work of the Holy Spirit, through your death gave life to the world, free me by this, your most holy body and blood, from all my sins and from every evil. Keep me always faithful to your commandments and never let me be parted from you. For me, that's a great prayer, Often, I often, I often say I think it's a prayer for anybody. I mean, the priest has to pray it before he receives communion, um, one of these, but that prayer is so beautiful. It's just an acknowledgement of who God is, of the reality of what he wants to do, that he gave life to the world, And it's a prayer to be freed, freed by the body and blood of Jesus Christ, freed from sin, freed from evil, and then helping us to be faithful to his commandments and to not be parted from him. Let me read it again for you. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, who by the will of the Father and the work of the Holy Spirit through your death gave life to the world, free me by this, your most holy body and blood, from all my sins and from every evil. Keep me always faithful to your commandments, and never let me be parted from you. A powerful prayer. Eh?
0: Yeah, that's great.
1: The last thing I'll, I'll share is um, when I go to receive communion, right? We all I say, "Behold, the Lamb of God." So it says the priest says that, and then it says it's interesting. It says, "And together with the people, he adds once." So we all, me with the people. So you'll hear me say this line with you, right? Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. Then it says, the priest facing the altar says quietly, may the body of Christ keep me safe for eternal life. And he reverently consumes the body of Christ. Then he takes the chalice and says quietly, may the blood of Christ keep me safe for eternal life. And he reverently consumes the blood of Christ. Um, these are the words that I used and have to say before I receive communion, right? You say amen, right? mm mm-hmm. Um, this is what the priest says. And you know what I love about it? It's because it's it's at the heart of the matter. It's what it's all about. It's about eternal life. Everything we do is about eternal life. That's what, it, it, at its core, it's all about that. It's all about eternal life. Listen in the Mass, to all the prayers. It's all about eternal life. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not about, like, get me the right job or get me this or that. It's all about eternal life. And I say it again, it's all about eternal life, you guys. May the body of Christ keep me safe for eternal life. May the blood of Christ keep me safe for eternal life. Uh, it's so spectacular, you know, and so I, every day when I receive communion, it's saying those words that this is this is the thing because it is the one who is the way, the truth, and the life that will keep me safe for eternal life. So those are some of the prayers.
0: Uh, yeah, that's awesome.
1: From the Missal, there's, they're really great. I feel like I could preach about all of them. I think everyone has a homily behind it if if one were to do that. So,
0: so yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And yeah, it's it's great. I think it's great even just, you know, as a layperson to to hear that and uh and, and cuz I think a lot a lot of times I'm kind of especially when my mind does wander at mass, it's like it's like, "Oh no, I should be like praying along with this," you know? Yep. Um, I think a lot of times people just we don't know how to pray dur- like during the mass ourselves, and so uh, it's cool to 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 learn from our spiritual fathers on like how you guys pray for yourself during mass, and they're like, oh, we can do that too. Yep, you know. So just just kind of like kind of taking that as like an example of of how to pray the mass.
1: That's exactly right, and you know, there's there's prayers out there like the anima Christi, mm-hmm. right? We, we did that, I think, in episode one or two or something. Yeah. We talked about it. Like, that's that's a great prayer, like, to have your own private Eucharist, not Eucharistic prayers, but your own, you know, these prayers that are focused on the Eucharist, are focused on the Mass, and, you know, prayers for yourself, like, to pray those silently, you know, before you come up to receive communion or when you get back to the pew, you know, um, those are good things to do, to be praying for yourself as well and for others as we're all praying this this universal prayer together, too, so it's, it, the mass is dynamic, you know? It's not static.
0: You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, thank you so much for going through that, Father. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, so, we're going to do a quick uh, catechetical. Yeah, minute. quick
1: catechetical minute. Um, we've had some people
0: saying, Where's the catechetical minute? Yeah. So, here
1: it is, folks. Um, genuflection. Let's talk genuflection just really quick. Genuflection is when we go down on our right knee, right, as a sign of reverence to the other. I always say, you know, think of the guy who's going to propose to the girl he loves. He's, he ought to, I think, but traditionally would go down in a sign of reverence for the love he has for her to ask her for her hand in marriage, right? So he, he goes down on one knee as a sign of reverence, of awe, of love, of humility, of respect, all these different things. So it's a, it's a bodily gesture to just show that. We do that for the Lord in the Eucharist. The Lord who's present in the tabernacle when you walk into the church. So any time you cross in front of the tabernacle, right, um, or you enter the church and are about to enter your pew, or you leave your pew to go home, or to leave the church, you genuflect on your right knee. Um, reverently, it's it's not just like a a rapid gesture, like it's it's an acknowledgement. Say, Lord, I know you're here. I recognize you're here. I believe you're here, and I reverence you because you're you're God. And you 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 make yourself present here in our midst, and so it's a gesture towards Jesus Christ present in the Eucharist, um, reserved in the tabernacle or in a monstrance, right? At adoration, for instance, we don't genuflect just towards the altar or towards the crucifix, right? Um, especially during the liturgy and stuff. Um, so typically, you know, we're not we're not. It's not just what we do when we go into a pew. We don't genuflect towards the back of the church or anything like that. And traditionally, it, it's on the right knee in, in old tradition, right? When you would meet the pope or the king or something, you would you would go and before them on your left knee, you know, to kiss their ring out of reverence. The king or the the pope or anything like that, the right knee was always reserved for the Lord. Um, so it, you know, there's all these distinctions that have kind of been handed down through these mm-hmm. neat little traditions. Yeah. So it's just an acknowledgement of no, this is how we do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is how we show respect. This is how we show honor. And so. Like, and we all know it, you know? Um, and every culture has that. So does the Catholic culture. And so we follow what our culture does. Um, and a, a reverent genuflection towards the tabernacle, towards the Blessed Sacrament, is always so important. During the Mass, you'll see, like, when the Eucharistic ministers come out, they bow. When we're in the middle of the Mass, those things change a little bit just because we've already genuflected to start. And now our focus is on the altar and the celebration part of it, of the Eucharist itself. So that's a little different. Maybe more on that another time, but I think my minute's up.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Father. This was a great episode. I'm excited for people to listen to it. Yeah.
1: Thanks for listening, folks.
0: Yeah. We will see you next week.
1: May God bless you, and may Jesus Christ be praised.